Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, thank you Lord for this whole series of what we're going through about We Are. And we just pray that you'll take this, the words of my mouth and the preparations and my time, but Lord, more importantly, that you'll just you'll just use your spirit just to speak to every single one of us to help us take that next step in you, in the journey of our faith journey with you, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're doing a series at the moment called We Are, where we're looking at our values as a church. And uh, last week uh, we started a We Are Generous um, and Rob did a brilliant job in bringing to us about why we tithe. I'm just bringing just the last part of this, part two, about we are generous today. Then next week we'll move on to our, our next value. But um, I just thought I'd just share. I mean, didn't, didn't David do well earlier? Let's, let's show our appreciation to David. Come on. Of his journey about um, tithing and, and giving to God. And uh, do you know what? Giving... We were talking about the whole thing about generosity. We are generous, and it's not just about giving of our money. It's about being a generous people. Who knows that God wants us to be a generous people? But do you know what? Generosity doesn't just come naturally to us. Because something in built in all of us that wants to survive in this world and wants to do our best and wants to just, uh, you know, and inbuilt, no matter how outward looking we are, we might all struggle with selfishness. It's the deepest root possible of all of our lives. And I'll be honest with you, I have struggled with the areas of serving, giving, tithing, and all of that. I remember the time um, when I was 19, I felt a call, that's when God felt, uh, wanted me to go into youth ministry to serve young people, especially people for, young people from broken homes and broken families. And that was a real powerful thing, and I felt God was drawing me into that. So when I first started going to the church in Coventry, after a season of going there, I was praying in my devotion times. That's when times when I'm sort of spending time with the Lord, just praying and reading the Bible. And I felt a strong sense that God wanted me to get my hands dirty. God wanted me to start strengthening my hands and get stuck in into the work of the church. So I remember thinking, okay, God, I, I can do this. I've got no idea what to do. So I went and talked to one of the church leaders the following Sunday. said, look, I feel God wants me to get stuck in and, and just start serving somehow. I said, fantastic. We have an Alpha course every Tuesday. Well, that sounds good. Um, and the app course is a, a course for people interested to find out more about the Christian faith. So they said, on a Monday night, um, there's a guy that, that comes and he helps prepare the tables and all the potatoes. Would you help him every Monday to come along, set up all the room and peel all the potatoes? I thought, fantastic. Come on. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, so we spent... I don't know how long it took each Monday, hour and a half, whatever, setting all the, the room up, peeling, literally, it, sat, it felt like hundreds of potatoes. Water, my hands became shriveled, you know. But I actually, I really enjoyed it, just chatting with this guy called Danny. He was there faithfully every single week, you know, and um, it was brilliant. And then I just felt a, a desire. I actually had a joy in serving. And then I felt I had to get stuck in other things. So... What was on, one time the, the pastor said to me, could, could I um, help with the gardening? There's some weeds. Now, I, I'm not a gardener. I am not a gardener. Leanne will vouch for that. There's people who have a far greater talent than me when it comes to gardening. So I helped. I got stuck in. And I knew the joy of... But it wasn't 
what I was called to. I wasn't called to, I was called to youth ministry, but that wasn't yet, then yet. And then someone said, well, could you get involved with the children's work? We've got a children's special, would you give a talk? I thought, yeah, but I've never spoken to children before. Okay, um, what do you do? <laughs> so I, I prepared, I, I visualized, I asked God, what do you want to speak about? I spoke about the lost sheep, and um, God helped me through that. And they said, well, we need more workers on our children's team, would you help? I was thinking to myself, okay, would you pray about it? I thought, I'll pray about it. So, God, do you want me to help on the children's team? Lord, I know you want me to work with young people. Uh, and what God was saying to me was, actually, a lot of these children are from broken homes. Would you serve? Would you serve? It wasn't my bag. It wasn't what I was meant to do. But I served. And, uh, and I certainly knew a joy. I wasn't brilliant at it. But I knew a joy of just, uh, just serving the Lord as I felt to. So I was struggling to serve. And that was a journey of serving. And then they were doing a, a membership course for people that wanted to make the church their home. And I thought, oh, great. I've been part of the church for a couple of years. Now let's get a part of it. Let's plug in. A bit like our partnership course here. So I went to the membership course, and they were talking about different things, what it is to be a member, and they were saying, and members, we encourage members to tithe. I thought, goodness, what's that? Then he explained it. And they said, yeah, tithing is where you give 10% of your income to God. Mm. What? <laughs> I never, never saw that before. No one told me about that. Okay. So you ma- your mind starts to give the, sort of, do the mathematics, okay. I'm a sort of an all-or-nothing person. If I was going to become a member, this is just me and my journey, if I was going to become a member, I was either going to do it all or not become a member. I'm all-or-nothing. So I thought, God, well, if you want me to become a member, which I feel you do, then let's work this out. Let's sit that down. Now, at the time, I wasn't very good with money. I'm much better now, but I wasn't very good with money. Money was like water to me. You, you, you grabbed it and, it and it fell through your fingers. I wasn't an extravagant person, but I liked to go out for curry or for meals. And uh, it just seemed at the end of the month, there wasn't much left. I paid my bills. I was single at the time. I thought, goodness. So I sat down thinking, okay, well, tithing, 10%. Let's imagine that's 10% of my gross income. I did the maths. Took away all all my outgoings. Then took out the 10%. You're joking. What? You are crazy. What? I wasn't saying God was crazy. I was saying, what? Let's do it 10% on, t- on net. That was a bit easier, but it was still crazy. I thought, oh, goodness me. But if this is what you want, God, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. So I thought, well, I'll set up a standing order because that way I don't have to remember to write a check and then not write a check. I would set up a standing order and did it. And I did it. I set up the standing order. I did it for the first month. And uh, crazy. When you do standing, who does standing orders on different things and direct debits and their bills? It goes out so quickly, doesn't it? It goes bang, and it's out of the account. I think, hang on, couldn't it have gone wrong? Couldn't it have been delayed? But it was out of the account so, so quickly. So joking. And I look at what the balance is. You no way. Wow. I thought, then thoughts came into my mind. I thought, well, no one would know if I changed the amount. No one would actually really know. And the church wouldn't come back to me if I even cancelled the standing order. So I did that month. Then another month went on. Then another month. And gradually, I knew what it was to tithe to the point that I never, ever had to think about my tithe. It was never part of my thinking. When I got paid, the taxman took his bid out first, and I got a net income. And I thought, well, let God do the same. 
I never ever to this point have ever looked back on the tithe. I never think, even in financial hardship, I never thought, oh, perhaps I could look at that tithe. It's gone. It's out of there. And then I felt God started to challenge me on giving. But God, I always already give. I give a, I, I give a tithe. No, no, no. Tithe belongs to me. Giving. What do you mean? And I heard this teaching on giving above your tithe. It means giving your offering. Or also spirit-led giving, where you could bless people. I thought, wow, you're joking. Heard this. And then God challenged me. I didn't have lots of savings, but God challenged me. Someone from the church was going on a missions trip to Uganda. Dave, I want you to give them a £1,000. I want you to pay for their trip. I wasn't well off. I wasn't wealthy. I didn't have like thousands in the bank account. So you start going through the journey. God, is that me? Is it you? Have I eaten too much cheese? <laughs> is that really you? No, it's not really you. And over the course of a week, I was praying into it. And the feeling kept coming back and back and back. that I had to give this, not directly to the person. I was going to do it in secret, but pay for the trip. So I wrote out a check. I gift aided it. Pay for the person's trip. And do you know what? When I made that decision, not when I wrote the check, but in my room, when I decided I was going to give and I was pay the check, I felt such a release of joy. It goes against the grain. I'm giving a lot of money, but I felt joy and release in God. It was amazing. The person was blessed. I was blessed. Little did I know that two years later, I was going to be in a situation where I needed money. Two years later, I was going to Bible college, and all I had was the money to pay for my first term's um, uh, fees and living expenses. That's all I had. And I'm not going to go into the details, but through the course of that year, God led me through people giving me some money, also showed me how to earn some money at such a fantastic rate of pay. I ended that course debt-free. Little did I know that what I was doing, the sowing of the thousand pound, was a seed for my future. And so God showed me the joy of giving. The joy of giving. Leanne and I are now, we go to conferences, we go to different churches, and a bit, maybe a bit like you, when the offering time comes, I know I struggled with that sense of, oh, here they are, they want my money again. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's that money part again. And so the barriers would go up. Oh, I'm not going to give. And then I, then I thought, actually, let's ask God. If we're not going to give under compulsion, if we're not going to give under pressure, all I need to do is ask God. So I began asking God. I didn't hear anything. I thought, fantastic, don't give anything, which is absolutely right. But then I started hearing other things. Dave, would you give 50 pounds? So I'll be sitting next to Leanne. Leanne, I think we need to give. I think we need to give too. Okay. Dave, what do you think? I'm thinking fifty pounds. Great. What do you think, Leanne? I'm thinking a hundred pounds. You're joking. <laughs> Generosity. So sometimes we'd give, for example, fifty pounds or a hundred pounds or seventy five or whatever we felt the Lord was asking us to give. Sometimes I'd felt as a, more of a generosity, Leanne would felt more of a leaning to be to be more generous. But we understood that, that what, to do the will of God was to not give because we felt we have to. But we felt pressure. I felt I wanted to always meet a need. I wanted to always give. But I felt the obstacle, would God really come through for me in my finances? 
I barely had enough to meet, make ends meet at times. Would God really come through for me? I, deep down I felt I was a generous person, but could I really apply what I was hearing and reading in the Bible with this? I know some of us today might feel the same sort of thing. Some of us might think, well, tithing, that's Old Testament, Dave, and we're in the New Testament. Well, I, I'm already generous, Dave. Dave, you know, I can't really do this because I haven't got enough. Perhaps we've got debts, or perhaps we just we barely have enough to go by. But I know deep down in our hearts, we want to be a generous people. Generous not just with our money, but generous with our time, our talents. Not just inside the church, but outside these four walls in our community. A generous people. Because God has given so much to us. Well, I'm so glad that the Bible has a lot to say about this. He's got, they've got answers for us about tithing and giving and, and handling our finances. And I wonder if you can turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, verse 29. It's on the screen there. And Jesus had a lot to say about this. For people that he knew were deep down generous, but had different worries. And the context is, he's talking about, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you're going to put on, the clothes you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. And he says this in verse 29, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. That's a divided mind, a mind that's pulled apart because of worry. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows what you, that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be taken away from you. Some of these things may be added to you. What does it say? All these things shall be added to you. The Bible says that God so loved the world in John 3.16 that he gave his son, that's Jesus. Whoever may believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus hadn't yet died. He hadn't yet gone to the cross. But he knew he was talking about the kingdom of God. He said, verse 32, do not fear, little flock, for it is, it your, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then he, sells these, he says these outrageous things. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags, which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Jesus said extreme things to get a reaction. And for us today, he's not telling us to sell everything we have. He's not saying that. He's cutting to the chase. He's saying, where is your heart? If your heart is on this earth and worrying about the things you're going to get, that's where your heart is because you're putting your money there. But if you genuinely want to be about God's business, your, your heart will be about the kingdom of God. And there also will be your treasure. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious. God knows everything that we have need of. I don't know about you, but I'm really pleased about that. I don't have to worry about that. I do worry sometimes, be honest, but I don't have to worry. I can remind myself that God's got everything under control. Everything under control. And here is the big idea for today. Greed feeds from a closed-handed living, but generosity grows from open-handed giving. Greed feeds from closed-handed living, but generosity grows 
from open-handed giving. And there's a sense of a closed hand that wants to grasp and an open hand that wants to give. And Jesus and Paul in the Bible has got lots to share about this. The open-handed giving. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 10, Paul's writing this. He says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. And what he's saying, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Deceive means to, be, to wander from the truth, to go away from what you once believed. And do you know what? We can deceive ourselves by how we think and how we feel. There won't be enough money in the bank. It won't really work out. I won't do it. We can actually wander away from what God is saying. God is not mocked. Whatever, say whatever, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Wow, it's a whole law, isn't it? Sowing and reaping. We sow the seeds of corn and we get corn. We sow plants, seeds of plants, and we get plants. Sowing and reaping. And he says, for he who sows to his flesh, the flesh is our, our body and our, and our soul. It's our carnal nature. It's our, it's our faculties, our thinking without the Holy Spirit. It's those thinking without the life of God. Who sows his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Wow. Jesus knew what it was. And we can sow to our flesh. Will that really happen? Will God really come through for us in that? Verse 9. Let, not, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And it's possible for us to grow weary. It's possible for us to give and to sow. And perhaps we get a need in our life. God, are you going to break through for us? Are you going to really break through for us? And we can become weary. We can become bad on the inside and withhold from the outside. Therefore, as we have opportunity, that's those kairos moments, those times when we seize the moment. As we have opportunity, let us do good to some people. Let us good to, good, do good to our friends. Let us do good to who? All. Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Do good to everyone, but especially to God's people. Wow. We can sow many things, can't we? So many different types of things. We're not just talking about money. We can be generous in different things. But let's not sow to our flesh. Let's sow to the Spirit of God as we feel led. And then Paul, in this passage here, this last passage, Corinthians chapter 9, 5 to 11. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time, prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. The Corinthian church were generous people. They were generous with their giving, and their giving to different missions and the people of God. Wow, what a church. And Paul would boast to different people, the Macedonians, these are a generous bunch of people. And the Corinthian church had promised they're going to give a gift to um, the people of God. Wow. Now Paul's a little bit worried because time has passed by. And who knows, sometimes when we make a promise or a pledge, time passes by. 
And maybe situations change and circumstances change. And Paul's a little bit worried that they might not change their mind, but because someone comes as where's the gift, it now becomes moved from a joy and delight, because giving is a joy and delight, so suddenly it becomes a grudging obligation, a necessity, a compulsion, almost a bit like ex, ex, um, extortion. Extortion is where someone demands money because you said so. And that's not the spirit of giving, is it? And here's what Paul says to address this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully, that means with blessings being accrued. When you accrue something, you save it up for the future. When you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully for the future. So let each one give as he can purposes in his heart. That means to choose of your own will. It means someone not at the front saying, come on, Leanne, you give, you give. I don't want to give. Own will. Great. Not compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Leanne, will you give? I'm going to ask God. In fact, I'm going to ask God even before I come to church. Because there's space, there's time, and there's no pressure. Because God loves a cheerful giver. But I love that word, cheerful. Cheerful giver means joyous, happy. But it also means someone who has made up their mind. So where we get the word, it's hilarious, is the Greek, get the word hilarious. It's someone who's already made up their mind. Someone who is willing to do anything, the Greek says. God loves a cheerful giver. Someone that has already made their mind up. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. So we'll have enough for our, our needs. We'll have enough to pay the bills. We'll have enough to live our life. But we'll also have some left over to give to the work of God. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. And Paul says, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? In our hand is one of two things. Either it is seed for sowing or it is bread for eating. Either it's bread for eating, it means if it's money, then it's something that I'm going to need now or I'm going to need in the future. Or maybe it's seed for sowing. I can give this away because God is asking me to give this away. Or maybe it's both. Maybe part of it is for bread and part of it is for seed. Seed and bread. We've got to ask ourselves the question. Seed for sower. And the great thing is, God will supply and multiply the seed. If he can get it to you, he can get it through you. God wants to multiply. And as we take that journey of faith, saying, I'm going to give to God as I feel led, not under compulsion, and you start to be an outlet. You start to be someone that God can come money to and money through then you will get more and more. This is not a prosperity gospel that says we're going to get rich. We are not going to get rich. Some people may get rich, as the Lord deems. But God wants us to be a generous people. Get money to us, through us, to bless the people of God and other people. Greed feeds from a closed-handed living, but generosity grows through open-handed giving. How can we 
step up in this? How can we take our next step in this? You can be generous and give with an open hand by seeing what's in your hand, seeing the difference between seed and bread. Now, Rob spoke brilliantly on tithing last, last week. Tithing, I believe, doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. And Malachi talks to bring it into the storehouse, bring it into the local church. But what is seed and what is bread? Maybe you've been blessed with a bit of extra money this month. And you, say, and you ask God, God, what is it? And he might say to you, this is bread. And suddenly you realize that next month you need to go on an unexpected car bill. And God has provided for you. Amazing. But we've asked God the question. He might say to you, hang on, hold on to it, because I'm going to bless someone through you. Wow. And the joys of doing that is amazing. Leanne and I, two years ago, felt a, a sense of just wanting to step up in the whole area of, of, of giving and being generous. So what we now, we set up a, a se- separate bank account where money goes out, it goes straight at the beginning of the month into that account. And we ask God, God, where do you want this money to go? Because we want to be um, conduits. We want to be just led by God to bless people as God leads. Not just to be doing good, but to, as God leads. And we've known such a joy in that. The other thing is prepare it in advance. Whatever's in your hand, prepare it in advance. And there's no pressure. There's no grudging obligation. There's no sense of Rob getting up here. Come on, me to give now. We can give. Because we're prepared in our heart to give. You can be generous and give an open hand by seizing the opportunity. There's opportunities around us all the time. God, who do you want me to bless? You can bless people with your words, can't you? You can encourage people. You can seize the moment. Someone's having a difficult time. You can bless them. It's not all about money. It's different opportunities. Seizing opportunities. God, give me eyes to see the season I'm in. Give me eyes to see the season that other people are in. And we can bring a word of encouragement in due season. And that can have such a profound effect on someone's life. Seize the opportunities. Thirdly, sowing the right seed. And we can sow in different ways. It says, Paul writes, whatever you give. Whatever you give. And sometimes we're not in a season where we're able to give. Sometimes we're in a season where we need to work through that season. But we can still give in different ways. Time, our talents, as well as our treasure, as well as our money. Sowing the right seed. And I'm mindful, we can all give our time, can't we? I'm not just talking, by the way, about the church. We can give our time outside these four walls. And we can give someone the gift of our being present in a conversation. Sometimes Leanne's talking to me and my mind's wandering and I'm not present in the conversation. And I say, and then she asks me a question. I said, then I'm stuck. And then sometimes maybe Leanne's got some concerns and some issues she wants, wants to share with me. I'm listening. And I come in with all the answers because I'm a guy and I want to fix things. And she just wants me to listen, to be present in the conversation. So now I've learnt when she wants to sit down with me, I say, okay, do you want me to listen to you or do you want me to fix? Just so we're straight. The difference between men and women. But giving someone your time and being present is so important. So in the right seed. And finally, let's seek a return. 
Let's not lose heart. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep giving. Let's keep tithing. And let's prove God in your circumstances, in your situations. Let's keep doing the right thing. And I know today that we're all in different seasons. Remember, greed feeds from closed-handed living, but generosity grows in open-handed giving. And we've sometimes got to actually open our hand. But our eyes are sometimes so concerned with our needs, and that's very real because we all have needs. Sometimes our, our, our eyes are concerned with the luxuries we have, our house, our car. And God doesn't want to take away our nice things. But God wants the heart. The heart. that Generosity flows from the heart. And we can still have. It's not a case of either or. It's and. As we trust God and move in to open-handed giving. Open-handed giving. It's about seeing what's in your hand. Jackie DeShannon wrote a song called Put a Little Love in Your Heart back in 1969. Does anyone remember it? Put a little love in your Okay, I won't sing it. And she, she wrote these, these words. Think of your fellow man. Lend him a helping hand. Put a little love in your heart. You see it's getting late. Please don't hesitate. Put a little love in your hand. And the world will be a better place. And Jesus, well, God the Father has modeled this to us. He's given us everything by sending his son, Jesus, to know a life with him forever. Jesus taught us about where your treasure is, there your heart be also, before he faced the cross, knowing he had to trust God, that God his Father would bring him back to life again after he died. That was a trust. And therefore we need to trust God with our finances don't we and we're all at different stages and I feel God would want to challenge us to take that next step that next step will look different for every single one of us maybe we're not yet in a set season where we're we're giving into life of the church maybe your next step is to say okay God I'm gonna start to give just make a start maybe some of us we are giving life for the church and suddenly you've heard and you can't get away from the teaching of of tithing and maybe your next step is say well god well i'm gonna take a deep breath i'm gonna suck it up i'm gonna put you to the test we are challenged by god to put him to the test in not many things but certainly in tithing wow gross net doesn't matter it's the heart maybe that's your next step but will it make put god to the test do it for a month, do it for two months, and see if God will break through for you. Maybe you do tithe, and maybe God is wanting to challenge you to be a blessing over and above, spirit-led giving. God, who, what do you want me to give to over and above? Maybe when it comes to serving, you're not on any teams in the church. I thank God for every single one that serves in life of this church. Currently, we've got 42 different people serving on Sunday teams. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That's worth a clap. Yeah. And we thank God for every single one. That's giving your time. That's giving. That's serving. That is ministry. That's doing it to the Lord. Maybe you've not yet joined a team. You can do that. 
But let's not be constrained in these four walls. We can serve out. Cam, on street pastors, is serving the community. He's giving his time. He's present there. Sometimes in challenging situations, but he's there. He's giving. Wonderful. Wonderful. What can you give? We can all step up in the area of giving with our tongue. Sowing words of encouragement to people. And actually, sometimes that is it's actually prophetic. As you encourage someone, the prophetic can lead to that. Isn't that amazing? Time, talents, treasure. Let's pray. Yeah, just in this just in this moment, we are generous. We are generous. It's one of our values as a church. But there's some challenge there that challenges all of us, no matter where we're at, to take that next step. And the Christian life, the Christian journey is all about taking the next step. It's believing, it's getting baptized, it's 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 growing, it's doing the right thing. Taking the next step and just reflect where you are in the quietness of your heart. What maybe might be the next step for you in the whole area of being a, a generous person? A generous person. So Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that you're so generous to us, God. You're so generous to us. You're so kind. And you don't leave us lacking. You never do. But there's, there's principles. You want us to step out of the boat. You want us to, to dare to believe you to make things happen, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if our, our flesh says it doesn't make sense, our mind says it doesn't make sense. And you want us to put you to the test. And I pray that courage would come upon different individuals here as you lead them in their next steps, whatever that looks like for them. In the whole area about being a generous person in the church, outside the church, whatever it looks like, whatever, Spirit of God, you're speaking. And so all of us, help us, God, to be such an amazing, generous people that the world and people, when they come into this church, they will just know they're surrounded by generous people. People don't know how to give with a warm smile. People don't know how to greet someone with a warm handshake. People don't know how to love. People don't know how to give of themselves. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.